Well, it's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Hope you've had a good week. Hope and pray the Lord's been good to you. As I say so often, I know he's been good to you because you're not in the hospital. So he's been good to us all. Thank you. Thank him for that. It's good to have the, everybody here this morning. Amen. We got some that's out this morning. I don't know about the Huffmans. Anybody hear from them? Okay. All right. Well, I understand that. I, lo- I run late most of the time. <laughs> But praise the Lord, we got a place to come to, and praise the Lord, we got a good God still watching over us, although we live in a a troubled world, and I mean the world is in trouble, but uh, the Lord said, fear not, I'm with thee, so he said, I'll never leave thee, nor forsake thee. If you belong to him. Our lesson this morning will be found in John chapter 15. I hope you'll bear with me. I got a little allergy this morning. And uh, my allergy makes me kind of search for breath sometimes. And I I may be in that mode today. But you forgive me of that. And I hope it'll not... Uh, I hope it'll not be uh, something that'll be in our way that we cannot get the the Bible study to you. Uh, We've been studying uh, for some time the book of John, and I like the book of John. I like all the Bible, but I like the book of John because John is a book that is seemingly a little more evangelical than the other books. And I think think there is a great need in our world today for Bible study, especially evangelical work. Now, I'm not against uh, uh, teaching doctrine. And uh, one, one fellow said, Over at our church, we don't teach doctrine. And the preacher said, you don't teach anything then. And that's right. Doctrine is good. And the doctrine of the Bible is what the apostles were sent by the Lord to teach us. So, uh, but I want to talk this morning a little bit about John chapter 15. Okay, if you'll read with me in your King... In your King James Bible, it says, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Now, if you have a letter, a red letter, letter Bible, you know that the Lord is talking about himself. Now, what he, you say, well, how is he, how is he the vine? Well, he's the vine in the, sense that God's uh, uh, God's people on the earth today is based on Jesus Christ. All religions 
that do not base on Jesus Christ is false religion. See, he was sent to the world to die for us and as, uh, as we say so often, neither is there salvation in any other for there's no, no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. So you see, that's what he's talking about. So he is the true vine and his father is the husbandman. Now the father is God and God cultivates his Christians in the world today. God sends the Holy Ghost to guide us. And uh, so he is the husbandman. Okay? He said in verse 2, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Brother Bell was mentioning this morning that uh, we have troubles and trials, and we do. We have, uh, we have things like Sister Debbie having an accident. She's not here this morning, and that's a trouble and a trial to her. See, but the Lord has got a use for it. Now, we don't understand that. We don't understand that, but the Lord's got a use for everything that he does. And so <clears throat> he purgeth uh, the branch that it beareth more fruit. See, now if, let me, I think this is what he means. If we get in a, a life of ease where we never have any problems and we don't have anything to bother us, we tend to go to sleep. So the Lord purges us that we will be more active in his word and in his business. As Brother Chris alluded to, the four men that let down the, the, the sick man, they were determined to get him to Jesus. Now if you're here lost this morning, I have a feeling of being determined to get you to Jesus. But I can't, I can't give you the spiritual side of it. I can only give you what saith the Word. See, the Word is the power of God today. See, and we sing a song, there's power in the blood. And there is power in the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sin. See, it's always been that way. God had a pattern in, in the Old Testament about that. And uh, God had blood. Now, I know that he told Moses to take the blood of an animal and to offer it in a certain way, at a certain place, certain time, for the, and, 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 and that would roll their sins forward. Now, according to Hebrews, the blood of bulls and goats never took away sin. So the question is, well, why did God order it then? And God did order it. God ordered it for the Old Testament saints. He ordered it as a pattern 
or the blood that would be shed at Calvary. Now, the blood of Jesus does take away sin. If you're lost, you need to trust him. You see what I mean? The blood of Jesus washes away our sins. We have a song that was saying, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now, I don't remember who wrote that song, but it's scriptural. You see what I mean? Now, let's read on here. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Now let me say that the cleansing he's talking here about here is not taking a shower or taking a bath. He's not talking about that kind of cleansing. He's talking about cleansing you from sin. And can I say this while I'm right here? We are all born in sin. We're all born in sin. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, we are children of wrath by nature. A lot of people, a lot of people have trouble with that. A lot of people say, well, I never have robbed a bank. I never have killed anybody. I never have stolen anything real big. I asked one guy when I was talking to him, one time I said, well, did you ever steal a pencil? He looked at me and he said, oh, come on. I said, no. Did you ever steal a pencil? See what I mean? Now, I'm not trying to tell you and I'm not trying to set up some morals that will get you to heaven. I don't mean that. But I just mean my old preacher used to say, you don't, you're not a thief because you steal. You steal because you're a thief. Now you analyze that. See, and I'm not getting on you. I'm your friend. But I'm just telling you, our nature is to sin. You, you like me, probably in your growing up, when you got about 12 years old, probably, I don't know about you, but about me, I'd tell my parents, I don't want to go to church. Of course, praise God. My mom would say, you're going anyway. And, and she said, as long as you're under my roof, you're going to church. And I did. And, and can I say to you, I'm just being honest. I did not like it. I did not want it. But I was there. And you know, God providentially gets people to church. Sometimes he gets people to church that is looking for a girlfriend. And that's good. That's good. Sometimes he gets people to church because somebody made them go. That's good. That's good. You know why? Because down at church house, where, where a true church is meeting, they are preaching the word of God. See, there, and, and I'm trying my best this morning to relate to you that we are all sinners in the flesh. Paul said, in my flesh I find no good thing. 
And if Paul said that, I can say it, and I'm pretty sure you can say it if you'll be real honest. See, in my flesh, don't no good thing. But Jesus said right here, you are clean by the word. All right? Let me, uh, let me run a reference on that. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. And I want to see if I can uh, bring that out a little, little clearer for you. Matthew 23. And look at verse 25. Matthew 23. Look at verse 25. Jesus said, this is Jesus again, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, wait a minute. One man said, y'all are not very inclusive. I said, Jesus wasn't very inclusive either. Not getting on you. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. I'm just telling you. See? Going to heaven is not Inclusive. The saddest chapter in this Bible to me is where Jesus said, Wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction, and many go in thereat. But straight and narrow is the way that leadeth to everlasting life, and few there be that find it. Now, don't look at me. Puzzled. That's just what the Lord said. Now, since he said that, I believe it. And I don't try to shut anybody out. That's not my point. My point is, not but just a few people uh, uh, in consideration, in ratio to the world population is going to get saved. In, in, in ratio to the world population, just a few is going to get saved. I got a question for you. Do you want to be one of the few? You want to be one of the few that gets saved? You better trust the Lord. You better tell him I'm a sinner. You better, he that confesseth and forsaketh. You say what I mean? You got to confess. Not to me. Not to the Pope. Not to a fellow... A, a, a papa that looks like a mama through a knot hole. You got to confess to God. See what I mean? Well, unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make the outside of the cup of the pattern. You, for you, you make clean the outside of the cup of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. What's that verse saying? What's that verse saying? It is saying, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it is saying that a, a veneer of holiness does not make it. A lot of people's got a veneer. Can I say that? Can I take that a step further? A lot of people in church has got a veneer. I'm not mad at you now. I'm just trying to give you what the Word said. See? 
he went ahead here and said, and say, if we had, say, if we'd been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Now, Jesus is talking about Old Testament prophets. Okay? Wherefore, ye be witness unto yourselves that you are the children of them which kill the prophets. Fill you up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? That's a pretty serious, pretty serious question. You can't escape. You can't escape. But you can't do it. Just sitting on your seat. You got to move toward the Lord. You, you know, I, what few sinners I talk to, and I talk to a few, I encourage them to, to in their secret times, tell the Lord, I'm a sinner. Show me what to do about it. Because no man cometh unto me except my Father which is in heaven draw him. But you say, well, Mr. Pollard, what are you down here hollering about if you can't draw us? Because the Holy Spirit uses the word. If you'll go to 1 John, you'll find out that the word and the Spirit, capital S, agree. The Word and the Spirit agree. And there's no truth of a lie. <clears throat> These people is preaching and they preach. They don't preach Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven. That's a lie. Right. You say you're getting kind of exclusive there. I know it. But the Bible's exclusive. I'm not mad at you. I'm trying to get you to move. You need the Lord. See? And can I say this? As your friend, as your friend, without the Lord in your heart, you're going to die. Somebody said, well, everybody's going to die. I know it. I know it. But you can die, you can be born twice and die once. Or you can be born once and die twice. That's the Bible. See, you go to Revelation, I believe it's chapter 20, it talks about the second death. And if you're here this morning and you're lost, you can avoid the second death through Jesus Christ, not through me. See, I'm just a man. I have no power. I have no power. But the Lord has told us if we belong to him to put the word out. And I appreciate Brother Bell. I appreciate him, him teaching us. Have a good teaching on Wednesday night and preaching. But, but it takes the word. It takes the word of God. The Holy Spirit takes that word and takes it to your heart. Now, the first encounter that you have with the Holy Ghost is not peace, joy, and love. That's not the first encounter you have with the Holy Ghost. 
First encounter you'll have with the Holy Ghost is he makes you feel sorrow. He makes you feel sorrow. Praise God for that. Praise God. If he didn't make you feel sorry, sorrow, you would not ever repent. See, he makes you feel sorrow. But, but that's not the end of the story. He wants to relieve you of that sorrow. He wants to take it away. Then he'll put in joy, love, when he takes away your sorrow. But sorrow is necessary. See, we're going to read if the Lord allows us. When we get to the next chapter, we're going to read where Jesus said, I'm going to send a comforter to you. Who was he talking to? When he said that, he wasn't talking to the world. He was talking to his apostles. But he made another strange statement. He said, when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. See, you say, well, how could a force come that would give some people joy and give other people reproof? Because it's his job. God ordained it. See, in our dispensation, as I've just said, the first encounter you get with the Holy Spirit is sorrow. Mr. Pollard, I just feel something that I, I feel in here that I, 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 I'm, I just feel, feel strange. I feel, feel like I'm alone. I feel, I feel uh, lonely in my heart. You are. You are lonely. But I got good news. He wants to take that away. And he wants to indwell in your heart. Then you'll have joy and love. See? And and he washes us in his own blood. According to Revelation 1.5. He's washed us in his own blood. Now, now, he don't take literal blood while you're down here and put you in it. Symbolically down here, what, when he washes you in his blood, that's what he does in heaven. He's on the right hand of God, ever liveth to make intercession for us. And if you're saved, you still need it. I still need it. So he does that in heaven. But he gives you joy of the Holy Ghost to let you know something's happened to you. And you'll know it. You'll know it. That's why I advise you very carefully as a friend, if you don't know him, you keep seeking him till you find him. And can I say this to you? He said, seek while he may be found. Call on him while he's nigh. That means when he's bothering you, that's a good time to call on him. You say, well, he didn't pull very hard. If he pulled at all, you need to move toward him. One preacher preached, and I think it's right. He said, if God gives you some light and you'll walk toward it, he'll give you more light. 
See, he'll give you more light. You said, I, I Mr. Pollard, I just, I, I'm just ashamed to go up there. Why are you ashamed? Nobody will laugh at you. Nobody will laugh at you. We want you to come forward trusting Christ. Now, let me say this carefully. Just you walk in the aisle won't save you. But if you walk the aisle trusting Christ, Hebrews said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find help in the time of need. If you're lost, you've got a time of need. Hope you believe that. I hope you believe that. You see what I mean? So he went ahead and said, uh, uh, I forgot, I lost my place. I think I'm at verse 32 of chapter 23 of Matthew. Fill you up the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? I'm sorry I read that. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify. Some of them shall you scourge in the synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of the righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barcharis, whom you slew between the altar and the, uh, between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come to pass upon this generation. That's the Lord talking. Now, let me say this. The Lord in his messages had warnings. He warned people. Didn't he warn them? See? He's warning us. And a warning is what causes people to want to come to Christ. See? Let me repeat myself. I can't save you. Brother Bell can't save you. But Jesus Christ can. The Bible says he came to seek and to save sinners. That's what he came for. Now, he also came to live the law. I know that. And he did. He lived the law. He fulfilled it to a jot and a tittle. But he came to save sinners. See? So, he, he is the vine. His father is the husbandman. And the vine abides and the branch. We are the branches. And the branch abides in the vine. I'm back to John now. I wanted to read that for you. Okay, verse 4, I'm in John chapter 15. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. What did I just say? Huh? What did I just say? Men cannot save you. The Pope can't save you. His little daddy, rabbit, daddy rabbits can't save you. Jesus Christ died on Calvary. I like that song Brother Tim selected a while ago. like that song. Oh, 
the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span. What a song. Giving Christ glory. What kind of gulf did he span? He spanned the great gulf of sin. See, that's the problem with Americans today. Even them that's heard of sin don't know God hates sin. God hates sin. Americans don't know that. That's why they're not in church this morning. That's why they're over to the casino. That's why they're over to the ball game. See, he says, it's sin for me to watch a ball game. No, I don't think so, but it's sin for you to watch it on and take away your, uh, your, your, your presence down at the house of God, I think. Especially if you're saved. See what I mean? But, but, but our nation, our fellow citizens, and I'm not against them. I'm glad to be an American. I'm glad I was raised where we have the Constitution that guarantees us a, a right to worship as we please. And if you're a student of, of history, that hadn't always been. There's religions out there that if they had control of you totally, they'd make you agree with them, their religions, or they would kill you. And they still will. So I thank God I'm an American. I thank God for the Constitution that protects my rights to come here. You say, well, Mr. Pollard, uh, does it give everybody a right? Gives everybody everybody uh, liberty to serve God the way they want to. Now, some people serve God in error, but they still got liberty to do it. See, but God don't, but when they come up before God, then he's going to have the judgment on it. And according to this Bible, in our dispensation, if your religion is not based on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will be rejected. According to the Bible, I'm still your friend. Are you tuned in? See what I mean? I don't mean that bad. I don't mean that exclusively. But I just mean it by what the Bible says. See what I mean? I am the vine, verse 5. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and on him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Now think with it just a minute, what I just said a while ago about religion only. Religion only. What did that verse say? Without me you can do nothing. See? So we need, we need to go to church where the church is Christ-centered. Not worship baptism. Not worship church membership. Not worship some rabbi. Not worship some cardinal. 
For Jesus Christ is centered. He's the Lamb of God taking away the sin of the world. You can't, you can't read me about any other person that ever did that. It's Jesus Christ. It's him only. Trust him. Trust him to save you. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Brother Bell has been centered on that quite a bit lately. See? Now, now, it does not mean, it does not necessarily mean, oh Lord, give me a seven bedroom house. Right. Now he might. He could. I'm not up here saying he couldn't do it. He could. But he probably wouldn't do that. But what he wants us to pray is, Oh God, guide me into thy will. Guide me into thy will. And what he wants me to do is say, Guide me into thy will. Present my word to men, especially the lost, that they will know that they need a Savior. Did you know most Americans don't know they need a Savior? I can talk to a few of them. They say, well, I'm doing pretty good. I talked to one fellow. He said, me and, me and God's got a good thing going. I come to find out he was a Catholic. And, and you know, I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't browbeat him. I just thought, man, come on, you need the Lord. You need the Lord to forgive your sins. See? One man I was talking to, and some of you have heard me tell this. Let me tell it again, briefly. Said, Mr. Pollard, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think I can find the Lord. I've been too mean. And I said, is that right? He said, oh, yeah, I've been bad. But I, couldn't even, I wouldn't even tell you things I've done. I said, well, did you ever kill a Christian? He said, no, no, I never did do that. <clears throat> I said, did you know in the Bible there was a man that was killing Christians? God struck him down on the road to Damascus, saved his soul, called him to preach. He wrote 14 books in the Bible. Now, I'm not, I'm not praising him. I'm not praising that story about sin. I'm praising about grace. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So you can't get too mean to not need God, and you can't get too mean that God won't have mercy towards you. See, you need it, and he will give it. I'm thankful for that. I'm one of them that was bad. He forgave a lot of stuff on me. I'm still thanking him for it. I'm still thanking him for calling me in my heart because I was running from him. Sort of like Saul of Tarsus. No, I wasn't killing Christians, but I, I was slaying them in my mind. I don't like him. I don't like that deacon. I don't like him at all. I don't want to be around him. When I got saved, 
Guess what? Immediately I liked him. That's just the grace of God. <clears throat> See what I mean? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of time. And I hope and pray that I've said something here that could help you. I have not said anything out of malice or out of distrust or out of, out of uh, disrespect, but just trying to give you the word of God. But as I close, let me say, let me, let me just remind me and you, our time on earth is short. Our time on earth is short. And you've only got that much time to find Christ, to call upon Him before it's too late. Because if you die without Christ, you will not have a chance over yonder. There is no such thing in the Bible as purgatory. If you find it, show it to me, and I'll go to teaching it. But until you do, I'm going to tell you, there's no such thing as purgatory. That's a place where you, oh, I died and I missed it, so I got a chance to make it right. No, you don't. No, you don't. The Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. So that's where I'm going. That's where you're going. You're going to judgment. You better consider Jesus really serious in your heart. Say, here I am, Lord, I need you. Would you do that? Now, I'll tell you that as a friend. Just friend, I don't go out and talk about you. I don't go brag about what we do or nothing. I just say, God, save the lost. So thank you for